Hey, audio listeners, I would be surprised if any of you listen to these audios with your children, but maybe you do. And if so, hi, kids. And also, this one is pretty explicit. It's pretty explicit at times. And it's also um, very ribald, which I thought was pronounced ribald. I thought it was pronounced ribald, but actually... Ribald. It's ribald. Ribald. So it's a little ribald. It's a little explicit. So maybe go PG-13 on this one. Do you know that you were on the first audio? That's crazy. I, I, I don't remember that. That's, I, I would, I'd love to hear it. You were on the first audio, you were on the fourth audio, and you were on the 10th audio. Okay, wow. That's way pre-COVID, right? 2014. Wow, wow. It's Obama era. It's pre-marriage equality. That's amazing. That's amazing. All right, let me hear it. Okay. People don't know who you are. We have to introduce you to the folks here. This is my best friend, Ted. Oh. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you get to a point where you have so many best friends, you're supposed to say one of my best friends. But right. um, you are my best friend, probably. I've known you since we were very young. I'm going to go ahead and call it and say that you are my best friend. <laughs> well, how long have we known each other well since, that, since we played catch that day? Yes. That was ninth grade. You fell in love. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> I had like a, a whirlwind romance in the summer between ninth and tenth grade. That was uh, a magical. That was the summer. That was a magical summer. That was a magical, magical summer. summer. So there you go. Oh, that oh, that's very sweet. <laughs> I like yeah, I like that person, you know. Uh, that's cool. But it's that's it's, the whole point. It's not the same it is the same person, right? It is the same person. It is the same person. Yeah. It's um yeah, so interesting. It's it's funny to hear because it, yeah, I definitely am the same person. But it's funny to hear that person in that like kind of presentation like standpoint because to me that feels forced, not not false, but like a little bit performed. You know what I mean? Like uh, I don't know why it just it just it doesn't feel. It feels like that person's working, and that makes me like a little bit sad for that person. So that would have been September of 2014. Okay. Do you remember your awareness of the concept of transgenderism or your identity journey at that point? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I, and, and I think there's a parallel to draw for me between that identity journey and then like the first time I came out as homosexual, as gay back in the day. Which for me was 2002 on your, in LA on your, and the orange, yeah. orange street or whatever, like with the smell of In-N-Out Burger wafting. <laughs> God, that's so good. That's so good. I'm so glad it happened at that. Yeah, that was my first place in LA. I was one of the first people you came out to, but you knew you were long before that. So here's the, here's the weird part and here, here's the parallel. I knew for a long time, for a long, long, long time, since, the, since attraction was known to me, I knew that I was attracted to men, almost exclusively. However, I didn't say the words seriously out loud or even in my head to myself, I am gay, until Halloween 2001. Now, technically, 
I, you know, I, I was gay at the time because I was living as a man. And so like, a, you know, a man who's in a you know, sexual relationship with another man is, you know, by the, the most conventional definition gay. So it's sort of the same thing with the transness where it's like, I've known I was a girl since I was four years old. I didn't say I was trans until June 8th, 2020. That's the first time I ever said it. That's the first time I ever said out loud and to my, to my partner slash husband at the time, I'm trans. So, you know, it, it, it's weird that like the labeling, the labeling is a step. It's a declaration. We've talked about labeling with mental health. Yeah, and, and that that's a really interesting conversation. And I'd love to hear your perspective on that because I've been thinking about mental health a lot too. I, I, I want to hear more from you on that. I'll, I'm, I'm, I'll hear well, your thoughts I would first. Say, I mean, I don't know if I want to get too much into that because I want to focus on you and transitioning and all of that because I feel like that it, it could be really helpful for people to hear. But I will say the zoom out of it is I don't know how helpful labeling is in almost any situation. Do you know what label I think is the most problematic, absolutely like created the problem of labeling? What? Is straight. Oh yeah, totally, totally. 100%, 100%. It's wildly reductive and it's almost never accurate. You and know everything what I mean? is a spectrum, so it's total bullshit. Exactly, exactly. Because yeah. straight, straight is declaring the binary, and it's also declaring a majority. There's a normal way to be, wow. and then everyone else is abnormal. Right. But the thing is... God, and the name is, the word is straight. Mm-hmm. But it's bullshit. That's the thing. It's total bullshit. I date a lot of straight guys, and they're attracted to me. And they are like, you know, they, they keep telling me they're straight and that's fine. But you are a you woman know? though. So that I, is great. I, I am a woman. I definitely am a woman and, 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 and I'm, it's gratifying and uh, a long-term kind of mission accomplished to be like with straight men. So it's not like a conquest. It's just who I want to be with. Whoa, whoa. Oh my God. There's so, so for, for one thing, you're a woman with a penis. Correct. That's that makes the straightness of the men you're with different than the straightness of a straight. Well, here's the label problem. I, I think it does. I think that's exactly right. But they're still attracted to women, which is amazing. And like, if you want to be more descriptive, you could say they're gynephilic, as in they're attracted to women. I am androphilic. I'm attracted to men. But that's separate from like gender, and it's and it's separate from judgment in terms of saying like straight versus gay. You just blew my mind because also. You are attracted to straight men, mm-hmm. not gay men. I love my gay men, and like I'm not attracted to them, like in the slightest. Basically, they're my little, they're my friends, and they're so sweet, and like they get it, and like we can talk about boys together. And I don't want to do anything with them. Like I just, oh, I, I that's just that's really interesting. That I didn't see that coming. That's not on my list. <laughs> things to talk about. <laughs> can I can I tell you a quick story? Over Thanksgiving, I was. Uh, with my, my brother and sister-in-law for like four or five days. And uh, I'm on these dating apps and uh, I showed her this one guy who hit on me. And this is on like Hinge, which is supposed to be like the marriage app. And it was, he was interesting for some reason. I can't remember if it was a good reason or a hilarious reason, but I showed her the profile and she looks at it and she's like, but, but he's straight. And I was like, what do you, what did you expect? Like, what do you, what, what should he be? You know what I mean? It's like, what's the, what's the name for it? You know what I mean? It's like, he's not, if you were gay, that'd be a problem. You know what I mean? Like that's, if you were gay, then I would think he wouldn't be attracted to me, you know? And so I think she's, she was just kind of like opening her eyes up to that, but 
it was just like, it was just a funny moment of like, and it, it actually like really pissed me off when it happened just because I was like, uh-huh. And I mean, you know. everybody, the learning curve. <laughs> so when do you think you were first speaking of the learning curve? I mean, one of my notes on here is homosexuality at Wazetta High School. <laughs> <laughs> well, you tell that story. We, we tell the story. Yeah, yeah. When we worked in the school paper, we did like an expose. <laughs> it should have been 1996. Yeah. It was, I, think it was, I think it was fall 1995. Yeah. We did like, we splashed the headline, front page of the school paper, homosexuality <laughs> at WHS. There are gay people in our yeah. school. And they were all off the record. We found two. Yeah, two. But they were off the record in the story. They were off the record. And like, meanwhile, I was the person, I was the editor of the news section, which was, which had the front page. And like, I'm as queer as a $3 bill and I'm not in the story. You know no, what I mean? We're not there. Oh, I mean, there were tons of people who were gay that were not. Oh yeah, for sure. But the point is, I mean, and we probably, I guess, grew up in a conservative area. It might have been different if you were in Hollywood in 1996 or something. But homosexuality, gayness was uh, just really fraught with all kinds of confusing feelings and and connections. So transness, like the concept, that wasn't even in... I can't even think of when that... I think it was like in the last four or five years that it's been something yeah. that I'm aware of, aware of so much that I have to try to understand it. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say that uh, for a long time, because I, I have been aware of this stuff for a long time because I was, like I said, well, for, for my entire life, I, w- I was, before I was transgender, a cross-dresser. I just always had women's clothing and I was always happy to wear it and, and had very little slash no negative judgments about it. There's a lot of cross-dressers who like go through these kind of like binges and purges where they buy a bunch of stuff and they throw it all away. I, I, I never felt- That lawmaker, did you see that thing? No. Conservative or sheriff or something? He's a, cro- he's a cross-dresser. He likes yeah. women's clothing, but yeah. he's a very conservative area and it presents as straight. Here's the problematic identity again. Somebody outed him, like posted his pictures of him, and he killed himself. Let's take it down south where, where tonight a small town in Alabama is mourning the loss of their mayor who died of an apparent suicide just days after a conservative news site published a story that showed alleged photos of him on social media, allegedly wearing women's clothes and makeup. They claim he led a secret life and labeled himself on sites as a transgender curvy girl. NBC News is not going to show those pictures. The news site did not respond to our request for comment. Copeland is also the pastor at a local church where he addressed the two articles just two days before he died. Listen. I apologize for any embarrassment caused by my private and personal life. I have nothing to be ashamed of. A lot of things that were said were taken out of context. Yeah, well, right, exactly. And so that, that you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that he killed himself. That sucks. You know, I think uh, the you can blame you can blame society for that. You know what I mean? Because like, there's nothing wrong with that man wearing women's clothing. Big fucking deal. Seriously. Who cares? Who cares? Who ca- but it, what? What does it even mean? Why would you like? This is really interesting, and the, and I I don't actually want to get too much into like the politics of it because I think the politics get sticky and tricky, and, and the, you start having conversations like that are like 
I don't know, kind of fraught and they're not fun. But there is this idea of trans misogyny, which is basically that trans women, and this is true, you can see this in politics all day long right now, trans women are the target, right? They're the one they're the ones who are the sort of like frowned upon, dangerous to society, right? And no one says anything about trans men. I love trans men. I'm like, I think I, I love everybody, to be really honest. Trans men are rad and are fun. And we've got a lot to talk about. And there's like so much we have in common. But it's just so interesting that like society's like, yeah, you do you. That's fine. You know what I mean? Like if you want to transition into being a man, like that's cool. Unless you're young. And then, then, we'll, then we'll throw a stink about that. But then when it comes to adults, people are like creeped out by trans women. That's why that guy killed himself. Because like, it's so bad to be a man who wears women's clothing. And it's like, really? I mean, like to put on this piece of fabric versus that piece of fabric, like why, why are we attaching so much meaning to this versus like taking a deep breath and being like, wear what you want to wear, you know? I mean, the amount of shame and embarrassment that he must've felt yeah. to kill himself yeah. over his fabric choices yeah, it's that's just really sad. I mean, yeah, I I think about um, a friend of ours in high school whose stepdad was a crossdresser, and I remember going over to her house when we were in high school. Yeah, and he, I guess I at the time at, at the time was he was he yeah you're right I I believe they transitioned I believe Maybe, yeah yeah but anyway he's dressed as a woman yeah in the kitchen. And I guess didn't know I was coming over. And so when mm-hmm. I came in, he just like fled up the stairs. Yeah. And we never talked about it. Yeah. And I had no vocabulary to be like, oh, is your dad trans? Or something? Like I had no... Right. Well, and, and you wouldn't even had that word. You wouldn't have had that word. I, I think transsexual was a word that people use at that time. Yeah. But I don't think transgender was... I don't, I don't, that was definitely not the popular term back then. I feel like I knew to cross-dresser. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And there are cross-dressers. The cross-dressing is a thing for sure. Yeah. But anyway, when I think about that, it's like, what society do you want to live in? Do you want to live in one where this guy has to flee up the stairs in shame? Yeah. Or do you want to live in one where he just keeps doing the dishes and says, hi, John, do you want a muffin or something? Exactly. Exactly. And then you have it sit and have a chat, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The, the shame part is like, that's the, that's the drag, you know? I, I had this, um, you know, I've been in this, the process, like the, you know, the transition process. And I mean, the word is beautiful because it has been a transition for you. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it takes time. You know, I started, well, I started on hormones a little under three years ago, about six months into hormones. I was living in San Francisco. I was separated from my husband and I went to an event in Las Vegas that was like, uh, it was like a, um, a trans girl slash cross-dresser event and it's like a, it's like a party you know just a like a get together we rent a bunch of hotel rooms and we go out for dinner and we go to get drinks and you make friends and all that stuff and just enjoy the enjoy the city and there's sort of like a strength in numbers aspect to it if there's 200 of us then like what are you gonna you know we feel safer and what's interesting was that event was really successful for me at first because that was the beginning of me not giving a fuck anymore you know what i mean where i was just like down in the lobby of Bally's Hotel at the time, standing waiting for coffee. It's a long ass line. And 
you know, I'm looking pretty ish, kind of. You know, I'm I look like a woman. I'm in like a skirt. It's not. I look. I'm decent. I'm out of makeup. It's the morning. I'm just getting my coffee or whatever. But I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? I'm basically like, take me or leave me. I don't really care. And everyone just takes you. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's no big deal. What's interesting for me is that like. I needed that event then because I needed the strength in numbers, right? As time goes on, I'm like, uh, yeah, I mean, now, now I'm good. Like, I, I, you know, I, I don't need as much uh, support from the outside in order to feel like myself. Man, th- this is ridiculous. <laughs> this is what that made me think of, but I'm going to yeah. share it anyway. I can't wait. The strength in numbers. Whatever your identity is or whatever yeah. your community is, uh, there's this thing, there's this thing called the folk alliance that I've gone to some, okay, which is the most easily defeated alliance. In <laughs> really wonderful place. Well, they're pacifists. Yeah. Well, yeah. But I resonate with what you said because it's a hotel full of acoustic folk musicians, singer <laughs> songwriters, and it's like. It's kind of hard to claim that you are that and like ask society to be like, hey, I'm a singer songwriter. I show up and, you know, like it's it, it feels wrong and no one congrats. No one feels happy about it at all. No, one. <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, it's some people's worst nightmare to have <laughs> that. And so once you once you see a bunch of them all around, it's very empowering. It's like, OK, OK. I'm not alone. There are there are like hundreds of people that identify as this. And uh, that's cool. And a nice thing about that too, I think, is that like you don't have to explain it to anybody. Do you know what I mean? You're there and you just get to like relax and breathe. The whole thing, you, you have this shorthand of vocabulary with all those people at Bally's who yeah. have gone through questioning their gender identity and were gay in school, but, what, but it wasn't right and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And interesting, interestingly, by the way, that like a lot of the transgender women and crossdressers, sexuality varies too. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's definitely crossdressers who, uh, or sorry, transgender people who like were gay men before, like me. And then there's a lot of them, many many more, that were straight men before the transition. You know, when they're attracted to women. We got straight men that transition to women. Sure. And then are lesbians. Yeah, and then our lesbians, but then also, and this is this is really interesting, the hormones often cause a shift in your sexuality. And and no one really no one really finds it problematic because I think when you need to transition, you know you need to transition and you don't like that that's that's the end of the story. You're gonna do it. But a lot of people then develop attraction for men who didn't have it before. Like like, you know, they, they used to they went into transition attracted to women. As men. Correct. Yep. They start on their hormones. And then suddenly they find themselves like somewhat attracted to, to men, you know, out of nowhere. By getting the estrogen? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that makes sense, kind of. Yeah, it makes sense. It, it, to, me, to me, it's kind of a crazy thing. Just To me, it's crazy that your sexuality can fluctuate like that. And if I, if, if I were someone who, whose sexuality shifted that way, I think I'd be a little bit unnerved by that, you know? Well, this is why, see, I think this is why for the people who are unnerved by this whole concept, I think the root of it, if you like claw away all the like ridiculous religious mythology and just like all that, just like sludge that clutters 
our hope as a species. I think it comes down to they're unnerved by it because you have to be really comfortable with nuance and mm. non-binary. Yeah. And that's really hard for people. It's hard for mm. people just, it's hard for people. It's hard for me, mm. not in the gender thing, but in anything, it's like, it's easier if it's this or this. They say with kids, you're supposed to give kids a choice. Do you want to take a bath? Right. Do you want to put on your shoes? Uh, and it's choosing between two things always. And it's very effective because we're really good at choosing between two things. Yeah. Trump or Biden? <laughs> exactly. I know. It's like, really? <laughs> uh, I was complaining about straight earlier. I'm going to go a step further. I'm going to complain about men and women. Because being attracted to men, being attracted to women, it sounds like it's absolute. But does it have to be? If we're all on a spectrum and if we all just like take a chill pill, we can all basically be like somewhere on the bisexual spectrum. And you can be 99% one way. You can be 100% one way. If you really are, that's cool. But I think that there's like, we have this idea of like, you only hook up with women. And if you don't, and if you hook up with a man, then that by itself is like this. You're gay. This, now you're gay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, seriously, exactly right. But the kids that are not us, that are like in junior high school now, yeah. I don't think that they have that. They don't see it that way. Yeah. There's this musical artist who, I, I don't even know who it was, but like, this is so funny and how much the world has changed. He was accused of queer baiting, which is basically like pretending or flexing that you're like gay or bi or whatever, but not really being, but like, cause that's like, that's somehow in 2023, it's cool. Um, after <laughs> decades of it being like the worst thing you could be. What is it? I'm, I missed it. Queer baiting. What is that? Queer baiting. Yeah. Queer baiting is, queer baiting is like, pretending like Harry Styles is accused of queer baiting because like he was like on a you know wearing a dress in the cover of Vogue but he doesn't really act like a woman and you know it's just like it's oh it would be like oh <laughs> Jesus yeah okay I got you so like um it's like uh performing that you are queer friendly but really you're straight which is again the problematic term because maybe Harry Styles isn't straight maybe he likes to wear lady clothes sometimes for sure. And if he does, that's rad. But he doesn't talk about that either. You know what I mean? He doesn't, you know. So this, this kid. Like, wear a dress on the cover of Vogue. <laughs> exactly. Like, and, so, and that is queer betting. So that's, that's full on. I'm not saying Harry Styles did it, but someone telling you to do it for commercial purposes. So this guy, this kid, he was like a rapper. He's like some, you know, he's, he was like a cool artist, you know, was accused of queer baiting. And he's like, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not queer baiting. No, I suck dick. And I was like, oh my God. Oh my God, where was this when I was younger? Where was someone like bragging about sucking dick? And imagine being you in f when you were 14 and you- Exactly. Like, I suck dick. And you're like, oh great, I can suck dick. <laughs> uh, yeah. My friend comes over where we have tension, like maybe I'll suck his dick. <laughs> but you know, just remember that would have been you. So just make sure you're like comfortable with oh, that. <laughs> I mean, that, actually, that's interesting. That's interesting to think about. Yeah. Like what would have happened- because I was not, I'm pretty far on the cisgendered whatever spectrum. Well, cis means you're cis means you were born male and continue to be male. And then are you saying you're also like on, on the sexuality spectrum, pretty sure. close to only attracted to women? Yeah. 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 Like, like I don't know where it is in the '90s. Percent. Yeah, totally. God so, bless you. And, and I'm like, I, I told you that story when we were texting about this. Like, I remember the spring in eighth grade. I won't say the person's name just to spare them. But when I saw the ankles of the person sitting in front of me in class, 
girl. And I was just like, fucking like really into it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Happened? What would have happened in eighth or ninth grade if you hit on me? But see, okay, in, in a world where the, all of that is permissible, but we also like stress consent, which we always should, right. then what I would do is I would I would flirt with you. We'd be at like a sleepover or whatever. And like, you'd be showing me some like physical affection because you're nice and because you're my friend. And then I would like put my hand on top of your thigh and be like, is that okay? And you'd be like, that actually doesn't make me feel um, turned on or, or attracted to Communication. you. Communication. Yeah. That's, it's pretty simple. Or yeah. you would have like given me a blowjob and it would have been like, I mean, <laughs> I don't know why to turn it. There's a reason to turn it down. <laughs> yeah. Well, and if that's the case, then that could have worked out too. Um. <laughs> God damn. Like that's just terrible for those. Uh, I really feel for you then and anybody else earlier than then like i know and your people so without naming names <laughs> how did you find the the hookups you were you managed to have like was it what basically what you just said like you pushed the boundaries a little bit to see if they're with you or you listen really carefully um you pay attention to subtle signals um you pick up on a vibe and then you daringly have a conversation at some point. One of my favorite people, one of the most important people in my development was Nick Stuhlfeld because Nick was gay in like ninth grade. He was one of the people in the article. That's correct. Yeah, he totally. And, not named in the article. Which is insane. You know what I mean? And because he was, because he was pretty out. He was actually pretty out. But I think he was, I think he was protecting his own safety, and I think we were protecting his own safety. And that safety is actually a really interesting conversation too, because I I think about that with. Um, a lot of people tell me, be safe. And I'm like, do you think I'm threatened? You know what I mean? Do you think I'm in danger? And like, I, I'm not, I'm not asking that in a threatening way at all. Or, you know, I'm not, I'm not mad about it, but it's just interesting to like, but someone else is like running, you know, a bubble, bubble wrap, like wall around you to like, make sure you don't get killed. But it's like, I don't think I'm going to get killed. I don't think I'm going to get beat up. And, and I don't really even really want to think about it, frankly. I mean, is, is there like a statistical... I mean, I don't know. That'd be good. That'd be, that'd be good to, to look at. I mean, like, we definitely do a lot of reporting about transgender women and men who are attacked and murdered. And you'd have to compare the incidents of those, you know, those incidents to, like, people who weren't transgender and see if it's higher. My guess is it's probably three times higher. So there's, we, we face some more dangers. I mean, life is dangerous. You can get hit by a car any day. Yeah, exactly. Just life is life. But that does seem like, it's like, you know, when I started biking around a bunch more, I'm sure my statistics of possibly getting in some sort of a horrible accident increased. And so you wear a helmet. Right. <laughs> and so like, we all need to do that stuff. We all need to take like obvious precautions. And it's like, I, I don't put myself in dangerous situations. I vet everyone I'm going to meet. I read them for like who they are and like where they came from and what their experience level is and all this stuff. I've got an eye for that because I've had to. And yeah, I mean, like, you know, going back to the question about like, how did you find people? You just keep this like really, really highly tuned filter up. And then when you find them, you know, like I've, I haven't let go of Nick Stulfout since, you know, he was a, a year younger than us. And I remember I knew him in junior high as gay. You know what I mean? So when I was in ninth grade and he was in eighth grade, I was already like latched on to him. But you were um, not, you had not said that you were gay. You were not. No, 
If, even in your mind, you no, were. no, no, no. But I, but I was, I was bisexual in my head. I would say, and I think that, like in in high school, I started telling, like I told Heather Steen when I was in tenth grade that I was attracted to men, and that's the first person I ever told that to out loud. So I, I knew that. How did she hold that? She was chill. You know, I, I think that again, like I, I, I read her for safety. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. It was only after we'd been like best friends for four months, six months that I told her that. Uh, let's just, um, let me just share this little thing. I've got a fun thing queued up here. Amazing. <laughs> Ready for <laughs> I would love it. Oh, yeah, please. I said, I said, someone wants to dress up like a girl, they want to be transgender or whatever. A lot of people fought and died for them to do that. Go for it. We can coexist, you know, in public places. You might not be my first dinner invite. You know what I mean? And I'm probably not yours. And if you're gay, no one cares anymore, right? We all got gay family members, gay friends, great co- gay coworkers. It's like, cut it out. Just be gay. You know, How about, I'm not going to clap you know what I hear, for you. You know what I hear from you saying? You believe in freedom. Yeah. But if simple. you want to indoctrinate kids in school. That's what, that's right. I tell my, I, 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 let me, let me say this to the trans and gay community right now. Be yourself. That's cool. You're cool with me. I'm cool with you. That's what most people are. But as soon as you bring our kids into this, that's where you're going to bring hatred into it. Leave our freaking kids out of it. That's, that's the bottom line. How about parents instill the values in their own kids? Yeah. So that's what Kid Rock has to say on this subject. Kid Rock and Sean Henry. I mean, he, he's, the thing is, everything he said, I'm, I, I can go along with. And, and also the thing I would add is like, and none of us want to indoctrinate children. I love my drag queens and they, you know, there's this thing called like drag queen story hour. That's like pretty popular. Drag queens are not trans women and no one's ever going to talk a child into becoming transgender or gay because it's not possible. You know, if you are and you know, if you're not, you know, and, and maybe here and there, there's like some gray area, but there's not a whole lot, but no one's doing any fucking recruiting. No one's doing any recruiting, yeah. You're not going to talk someone into being... There's not something to talk someone mm-hmm. into being. Mm-hmm. We had friends... I have tons of friends who were, like, in college that were just, like, gay as you can be, just going for it fully. And then after college, they're like, I think I'm not gay, actually. And then they... Oh, it's like... The thing that I got, what that I responded to this with, was I was just like, <laughs> why am I... Why are we asking Kid Rock's opinion on this? Like, <laughs> Kid Rock's opinion on this? But the kids thing, the kids thing is, you're right. You're so right that the politics is not fun. I, I, I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to talk about it much. But the kids thing seems to be a hurdle yeah. for us to get to just like beautiful inclusion and love because they've really latched onto it, you know? And it's so disingenuous because it's like exactly what you say. It's not, I don't think that education is indoctrination. Yeah, exactly. And I, I do think, okay, this is interesting though. I will say this is so, this is so weird. It's weird that I'm going to take this position. There was an article in the LA Times this morning about, written by a young student. I think he was a high school student. And he was basically saying that, there's no tolerance for a difference of opinion in the schools right now. And I think that's a function of the cultural climate and the sort of, you know, this culture war that really has turned into you're either with us or you're against us, you know? And that if you have any opinion that isn't universally the, the most, Hmm. I, I want to be careful here. Cause I don't want, cause I, I fully believe that everyone has the right to express themselves however and whenever they want. 
but I don't believe in turning those kinds of things into like dangerous dogma. Basically, never, for, never try to force anyone to think of think a certain way. Explain to them. Introduce them to someone who is transgender and who isn't transgender, and like have a conversation about that, so everyone can sit there and be like, "Oh, that's interesting." This is how these people came to be. Then they can make their own informed decision. But I don't like when decision making is done for people. And I do think some of that happens in in schools these days. And I like those decisions better. And I way more side with that point of view. But I don't like the approach. Are we talking about colleges? Uh, And high schools. So high schools, what is going on? I don't, I have no concept. What do they say is going on? They're just like. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I'm almost tempted to pull up that article. Let me just, let me grab a little bit of that. Because this this kid is talking about it better than I was, better than I am right now. I really mean what I said. I think explicitly explaining sex education, explaining gender fluidity, explaining all these things, having it some as a thing that exists, which by the way, it does, it's like the there's a great Oprah Ellen going on Oprah after Ellen was gay, and some woman stands up. I'll find this clip and I'll put it in the thing. She stands up and she's like, "Couldn't find the clip. Find sorry. The clip. Sorry. sorry." She's like, "I don't care that you're gay or whatever," but she's like, "When I'm standing in the grocery store aisle, and Time Magazine has you on there and it says, "Yep, I'm gay," and my kid asked me, "What's that mean? I'm gay." I don't. That's, I don't have to have to, and Ellen's, oh, God. Like, Ellen's like, I mean, but you do have to, <laughs> and there is gay, so they're going to, it's a thing that is. Yeah. I find Ellen, like, as a, as a personality, like, somewhat, like, gr- annoying, you know, I do. I didn't have Ellen on the list at all. <laughs> I don't particularly like Caitlyn Jenner, really. You know what I mean? Like, I think Caitlyn Jenner is, like, in a lot of ways, like, a dummy, but they, them being the faces, them, like, increasing visibility is, like, basically invaluable. Right, exactly. Without, yeah, it's all part of it. And that's what, you know, to give the give the conservatives credit where credit's due, they're afraid of the slippery slope. It's like, yeah, yeah Ellen coming out gay on TV probably helped get us to transgenderism being more understood and accepted yeah but it's not a bad thing that's the difference <laughs> no and, and, and it's all part of it it's, it's part of a movement I, I think about like cultures and how they shift and change and how like mores and values change and like our culture has changed a lot during our lifetime and especially in the last like 15 years um like i always i always come back to the fact that california gave Barack Obama like 60% of the vote in 2008 and in the, in the exact same election on the same ballot, voted against gay marriage. It's just stunning, you know, and that was 15 years ago. 15 years is nothing. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's been a radical shift. I got married to Matt in 2015 and on the, the last day of our honeymoon as we were like pulling into Los Angeles again, we heard on NPR that uh, gay marriage was now legal. <laughs> um, it's like, oh, hey, cool, you know, since we were already married. Let me read you what this kid said. Um, the topic was gender. This is a, in an 11th grade AP English class. The topic was gender and how the experiences of the authors we were studying related to our world today. We've been inculcated with approved positions on issues such as gender identity, patriarchy, cultural appropriation, and microaggressions. Any perceived misstep can ruin a reputation in a flash. So this author's not complaining about those topics. They're just saying that, like, 
there is an intolerance for any discussion around them. But then something unusual happened. After the period ended, someone floated an opinion that, if shared in the classroom, would have elicited a clanging silence. Hesitantly at first, we found ourselves having a genuine discussion, the air crackling with competing ideas that made the moment feel almost transgressive. I left with more questions than answers, which is how learning should be. So that's kind of the, the, the goal is to be able to have a conversation. Exactly. I love it. I love it. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. My friend uh, that I was going to tell you, my friend had this, he's old. He's like in his 40s like us. Actually, he might be in his 50s now. But he had a young roommate, uh-huh. like a much younger roommate, like early 20s. And he told the story about his roommate was a guy. He was out all night. He came back in the morning as my friend was getting ready for work. And the kid had been out all night. And they're like in the kitchen. And he's like, how you doing, man? And the kid's like, I just had the weirdest date. I just, I really, really vibed with this girl. Like one of the best dates I've ever been on. Like really, really, really love, loved it. We were just talking, talking. And we started making out and she has a penis. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> And he's like, he's like, and I just, I mean, I kind of went with it. Like, I, it's just weird. Like, I, I'm pretty sure I want to see her again. You know, yeah. Like, that was a pretty interesting moment for me because you just get rid of this. It's like, who cares what someone's genitalia is? It, right. It's like an any versus an Audi. You know what I mean? Like, it's really not that big of a deal. The difference. You know what I mean? Like, literally. The ovaries are two like olive-sized things that are inside your body. The vaginal canal is like a tube that is inside your body. Like for me, I like vaginas. It, totally, totally. Well, they're very convenient um, when it comes to having sex when you have male parts. Yeah, it's fascinating. Oh, I've got a story for you. I've got two. I've got two stories about boys. <laughs> this is so good. The first one is very short, which is I am currently seeing someone who is I'm the first trans woman he's ever dated. I'm the first person with a penis that he's ever dated. Is he straight? Well, <laughs> see, I, I refuse to answer that question. Um, <laughs> I, and I can't answer it for him. You know, he would say, he would say yes, you know, okay. and sure. I mean, I think he is too. He's attracted to women, but he's, and he's attracted to me. The other one is I was dating someone over the summer and we had a nice, we had a nice long relationship that was actually really fruitful for me. Um, it's over now. He, we got to our first date, went to a punk bar because we both like punk. And I see him and I'm like, oh, he's, he's shorter than I expected. He's probably like 5'4". And then 10, 12 minutes in the conversation, like he dropped something and I was like, oh, he's transgender. And I just didn't know going in. And it doesn't take anything away from him at all. You know what I mean? It makes him kind of more interesting. He's a super hottie. And, but it was just kind of like funny to like, it was, it was really interesting because I'm a woman and he's a man, and each of us has the genitalia according to the other gender, you know? And so, you know, we had a relationship, and, you know, we had sex, and when we did, we'd be using the genitalia in the traditional way, which is fascinating. Isn't it fascinating? It's fascinating. Yeah. I hadn't done that in, you know, 20-plus years. <laughs> That's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to clarify this earlier for people that don't, that might not know, because it took me a while to get it, and it's way too late now. But <laughs> trans woman 
was assigned male at birth yep. and has transitioned to woman. Yes. Basically, what you've transitioned to is what you're named. A trans man, this guy was a trans man. Yep. He was assigned female at birth with a vagina. Yep. Transitioned to a man that has a vagina. Yep. And you're a trans woman who started as a man and transitioned to a woman. Yep. Start with a penis, still had a penis. So now your penis... Your female penis is going in his man vagina. That's correct. Great stuff. Yeah, I know. And that like, should be a Netflix series. And and that <laughs> and that line, good. I think I think you're right. That line, I think, would infuriate at least forty percent of the population. Forty percent infuriate. I think so. <sighs> but but here, here's why. But here's why they'd be infuriated. It's because they don't get it. I think 20% it would infuriate. Okay. And 20% would be like, what the fuck is that guy talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And of the 60%, there's a, there's a healthy percentage of the 60% that's like, uh, what? Okay. Right, right. I mean, the thing is, like, here's the thing. My take on this is really, honestly, I don't understand it. Yeah. Because... How can I? I don't understand it. I, I, I'm not, I'm just, I just, am, I am, I, I, I love that you started with that, the problem, how problematic straight is, because it is. But like, to, to just be against that, like, I am attracted to women, and I like vaginas when their pants get off, and their boobies, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that's just how it is. And so it's hard for me to understand I have no frame of reference for what you experienced. And I have no frame of reference for you, for any of this, for you. But I love you and I've loved you since 1992. So like, when you told me this is going on, like I'm, I'm gonna support you and try to, try to understand it and yes and it, and also like struggle with it a little bit, you know, like it's hard. I think that's not talked about enough that the transition there's a lot of transitions. There's your transition. There's your sister's transition to you, with you yeah. and your brothers and your friends and your parents. And it is, it, the word transition is beautiful because it is a transition yeah. from one thing to another. I couldn't agree more. And, and what I would say is that like starting, starting from saying, I don't get it, right? makes perfect sense because it's, it's really hard in general. Some people are really good at it probably, but like, seeing someone else's experience is totally unlike your own that you don't have firsthand connection to. And then like knowing that then deciding what to do with that. I don't know this feeling, you know, of being trans, but I want to understand it better, but I want to take care of the people that I love. You know, it reminds me of like the old maps, like the, the maps from like the 14th century, right at the edge of the map they'd be like, here be monsters, you know, <laughs> in the part. California is an island. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's like the parts, that, the parts that we don't know we should be afraid of. That's the idea. And when you come at it from a position of love, then you're like, hey, tell me a little bit more. I had this great, you and I had this great conversation. <laughs> it's funny because my, my patience level is actually like not as high as I'd like it to be, honestly. Um, sometimes like when my, regardless of your that's funny. That's really funny. <laughs> uh, like when my when my sister in law said, "That's one of the things I love about you. You just have no patience." <laughs> and 
And even when I think I am, even when I think I'm with the I'm program and read a goddamn book, you asshole. <laughs> Christ. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Come on. <laughs> oh, my God. When, like, when my sister-in-law said, like, yeah, but he's, but he's straight, you know? I was like, I went, <laughs> gave her, like, the cold shoulder for, like, the next, like, hour. It was just, like, I was so mad. You know what I mean? I, like, Family, nothing can be more. Yeah. Well, so I think, though, exactly that where I was going to, what I was going to say then from there is, yeah. I think this is a really beautiful encapsulation of the difference between a conservative-minded person and a liberal-minded person. Yeah, very nice. It does end up being thrown into the buckets, maybe of Republican or Democrat, but forget that for a second. Right, right. You know, when I'm confronted with something I don't understand, my impulse is to try to better understand it, educate myself about it, trust people where they are, meet them where they are. And as long as they're not, as long as it's live and let live, and I, you know, like... I don't care, man. I don't care. And the conservative point of view is this is a change. This is different. It's not defined the way that my world is defined. Yeah. Yeah. And I prefer the world to be sort of stable. Exactly. You know, exactly. It's, yeah. And it's totally unstable. I mean, if you're telling me that, that a man, that a woman is putting his penis inside of a man's vagina, yeah. that throws open that is not stable (laughs) (laughs) and i love it even even as you said that you were like a woman is putting his penis and it's like oh wait sorry her penis (laughs) (laughs) real quick the the conversation that you and i had that was kind of funny where i i I did not show as much patience as i wish i had was uh you called me you, you called me and you were like hey um i i was at a a wedding last night and I was, I was telling a story about you. And for the first time, I referred to you as Amy. And I wasn't even thinking about it. And I was like, uh-huh, okay, um, congrats. But, but, but that was like, that, that's part of your transition. Yeah, you know what I mean? it was it's a like, big yeah. deal for me. You remember that too? Dude, or lady, whatever. You can call me dude, you can call me dude. I'm fine. It just happened, it just happened today when I bounced those that audioed to share uh, with you. I wrote yeah. in Ted Clip audioed one. <laughs> and I put it in. But what's funny is, I mean, yeah. Exactly, yeah. but it is that, Ted, yeah. kind of. It was, it was, yeah. But I put it into the, the thing, and then I was like, oh, you know what? When I share this, she, Amy, is going to see it. I want to be respectful <laughs> of that. So I changed it yeah. to say audioed one. And that's liberal versus conservative. I did that mm. out for you. And I did it out of consideration for you. And I'm learning, I'm trying to figure it out. When I was at that wedding and Amy just rolled off my tongue and I didn't have to like mm-hmm. translate Ted to Amy in my head. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that after the fact, that was a big deal for me. Yeah, I appreciate that. And like, you know, Ted, Ted was an entity. You know what I mean? Like Ted had a name and Ted was like, you know, for, for, for Jesus, 43 years was a person and Amy's in Amy overlapped with Ted for a long time. And then Amy took over on April 9th, 2021. That's when I was, that's the last time I ever was. Well, no, I had, I had like one work trip after that where like I had to be the old person. That's really interesting. What is, what is that? So hard. It's, it was so hard. Um, Yeah. I wanted like a work trip where I was like, 
<laughs> the work trip was SAT at sea. Um, oh, the, and we the, were, yeah, the, uh, the Swedish thing or whatever. The, yeah. This, this school that's like splits its calendar between like some, some of the year is in Germany and some of the time is in Switzerland when they go to on ski term and all the students like ski for like four hours a day. Um, and then like come back to the school for chocolate. They're all disadvantaged, low income children. <laughs> I, I mean, my bet is that they do not do scholarships at this school. You know what I mean? Like, and, 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 and I honestly, and I honestly don't think they should because like, you know, let's just call a spade a spade. You know what I mean? <laughs> at a certain point. Oh my God. So you had to be Ted. Yeah. Cause they hired, so they had hired me a while back before then I was on hormones, but I was not, you know, in the early days of transition, you know, it's like, you got a long way to go. Yeah. It's just like, you know, I look like my old self and, and uh, yeah, there was, I remember there was like one, they, they were doing like some group photos on the boat and they were like, let's do a photo of all the men. And I was just like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm not going to be in that photo. I will not be in that photo. I'm like, and no one, and, and no one, tried to compel me to be in it, which was really nice. No one said like, hey, come here, you got to get in this one. I was sitting 10, ten feet away. Oh, Europeans are <laughs> along to get along. Yeah. Oh, man. Wow. That's, yeah. Well, that's also, you had that experience at the bike shop in San Francisco that it was. Oh, that was a crazy one. Trans night or something, or what was it? Queer night? Yeah. That was a tough one. That was, that was, a, that was an interesting one. So I was at this like, cool kind of like DIY bike shop where, you know, they sell refurbished bicycles. The prices are good. And either every Monday night or every other Monday night was like queer and femme night or trans and femme night. So basically if you're a woman, you can come in. And if you're a transgender woman, you can come in. And if you're not, then you can't. And I was probably, Oh, you know, it's funny. It was right after that trip because my bicycle got stolen while I was on that trip. So I needed a new bike. Because I didn't have a car in San Francisco, which is like one of the reasons that it was such a fun place to live. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. That is that's true. Not that's a, such a da- slippery slope. A dangerous. <laughs> anyway, banned cars. Um, so, so I so I go there on a Monday night, right? Now I, I could have gone there on a Tuesday night or a Wednesday, but I was like, I belong here on Monday. You know what I mean? Like this is what I'm. You know, this is what I'm welcome to be here. So I walk in. There's a young woman at the front desk, you know, young cis woman, and she's like, you know, I'm like, hey, well, I'm, I'm here to hopefully buy a bicycle. I'm a stolen, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, that's great. Um, would you mind coming back tomorrow night? And I was like, tell me why. And she's like, well, tonight is uh, a night for trans women and for, for cis women, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, I'm a trans woman. I've been in hormones for three months. And she's like, oh, do you still want to come in? And I was like, am I invited? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was for me, that was the important thing was like, what are you, what are you telling me? You know what I mean? Like, is this inclusive or not? Like, what is it, you know, what does it take to be a trans woman? And like, right. sure. I'm sure I'm early stages, but like, trust me, you know, we're, this, this, this boat is headed in one direction. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it was just, and, and, in retrospect, I mean, I think at the time it really hurt my feelings. It definitely did. I was pissed when I heard that. I was really pissed. It kind of reminds me a little bit of what San Francisco was for me, which was like not quite as not quite as like accepting as I wanted it to be. That sounds right. Yeah. I mean, it's also kind of maybe like when you keep hearing about how good a movie is. It's like it, San Francisco is so like 
supposedly the safest place for... It makes sense to me that Las Vegas has felt more inclusive. That makes sense to me. I was just explaining to someone why Las Vegas is so great. So by the way, I, I lived in San Francisco for about eight months. I wasn't even there that long. Mm. Then I lived in Oakland. Then I lived on the road for, for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, and it was it was fine. I was safe, but I didn't have a home. It's a big deal, actually. That should be... You're a person that has always had... I mean, how long were you at that place in Hollywood? Eight, 15 years or something? Harvard? Which which one? The, oh, the Harvard was nine years. And then uh, the Sunset Boulevard place was seven years. Yeah, seven years. And then we took off for the road. You know? um, that was a separate <laughs> living on the road experience. Um, living on the road, though, quite possible. It's, it's, it's annoying not to have a home address. That's that becomes like, you know, a bureaucratic issue, but you can work around that. Anyway, I moved to Las Vegas and I was just telling someone the other day, I think the reason I love Las Vegas, number one, there's a pretty large trans community. And hey, if you're a trans person, come to Las Vegas and I will take you out for a cup of coffee or a drink. And I will introduce you to like awesome, amazing, kind people. And this is a sincere offer, seriously, to anyone who wants to explore Las Vegas, like come see me. So where does it Instagram? Where do we go? Yeah, 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 yeah. Amy underscore it's A M I E underscore N I N underscore blue B L U E. So Amy in blue underscores. I can vouch for Amy. That'd be a great hang. If you need to, if you need to do it, if you're in your transition, go to Vegas, hit it yeah. up on uh, Instagram. There's a lot of cool things there. And so that the community is, the community is strong. And the community is accepted and beloved. But also, in addition, there's another community around us, which is kind of Western, very Western, and very, like, kind of cowboy, you know. Um, And those folks kind of practice traditional gender roles. Now, I happen to be someone who is trans-binary. I identify as a woman. I also know that, like... I carry with me characteristics of having lived for a long time as a man. That's fine. It's all good, in fact. But I, I choose to identify as a woman, not not something in between. And uh, that's like readily accepted. When I'm walking around Las Vegas, when I'm driving, when I, when I go anywhere in Las Vegas, everyone calls me ma'am wherever I go. And that's becoming a little bit easier over time because you transition over time and you get to be like a little bit prettier and that helps. You pass better? Correct. Yeah. Passing definitely gets a lot easier. But, you know, even at the beginning, even when I was like, you know, six months into my transition, I got manned up and down. It was so nice. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So is your transition complete? Some people say that transitions are never complete. Some people say that it's a lifelong thing. I have more procedures that I'm going to do. Um, I do think Put that your off. I haven't done it yet, but I'm, I've got my consult on that on December 19th. So talk about that. That's a really, <laughs> I mean, from my perspective, yeah. if there were, if there were any remaining question of like, <laughs> I don't know about this, like, does she, is she really doing this? <laughs> you cut your balls off. I'm like, all right. I mean, like, you got to mean it. You definitely mean it. I have a friend. I have this really cool friend in Las Vegas, uh, April. And she she said to me in a conversation one time, she's like, she's like, sometimes I feel like I've never really done anything hardcore with my life. Then I realized I, I cut my balls off and 
that's pretty hardcore. <laughs> um, so yeah, they don't do me any good. They just get in the way. They're 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 uncomfortable. They create a hormone that I block using medication, you know, and they're just in the way. So like, what's the point? Why would I need these? So, and you can still ejaculate, correct? And you can still get an erection. Yeah, exactly. And another friend of mine who who did an orchiectomy, which is the name of the procedure, I was asking her about it, and she said. She had the procedure done, and that next morning she woke up with morning wood. So <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Okay, yeah. So on that side of things, you are pretty. You've done a lot of stuff, right? You've done. What have you done? I've had a couple surgeries. Yeah, I had. Um, so I did a facial feminization surgery that was really important to me. It was a really high priority for me. That I did October twenty twenty two. Pretty intensive surgery. 13 hours when, that I was under recovery period of, you know, weeks and even months and extremely happy that I did that, you know, have like, have nothing but joy about that. Um, did you notice as a result of that things like when you talk about, like when you're in the airport and people look at you or whatever, are, is that lessened? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so the first thing I ever noticed was, I went out that very week that I'd had the surgery and I still had like stitches in my head and stuff, you know, I was like swollen and, but I was in Oakland and I was walking down the street and I smiled at somebody. I smiled at a woman and she smiled back at me warmly and I noticed her smile and I was like, that never used to happen. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. What? Wow. Yeah. You're, you've experienced Walking around the world as a man yeah, versus walking around the world as a woman. Way better as a woman. I bet. Girls never smile at me because they think I'm like, they're like, fuck you, I'm not giving you a smile. Exactly. Well, guys who smile are creeps. Right. You know, and I'm, and I'm a person who smiles. Do you know what I mean? It's like. <laughs> but I'm not a creep because I'm smiling, but I do think. No, you're, you're not. I probably do think you're cute that I'm smiling at you. <laughs> uh, right, right. Although no, that's not true. I smile at the old ladies and the <laughs> smile at a lot of dudes. Maybe <laughs> no one smiles at dudes. You know, yeah. it's hard to be a man. It's hard. It's, it is interesting. I, I avoid. I've, I've taken to avoiding eye contact with men for the most part because it's like you don't want to lead them on. You don't want them coming up to you with some sort of like set of false expectations. God damn it. Yeah. So you also did your breasts? Did you get boobs? Then I did my breasts. That was December. So the face was October 17th. Breasts, I think, were December 14th or 15th last year. And they're they're magnificent. That's silicone, basically silicone inside your chest? It is cohesive silicone, yeah. And then that's it, right? Oh, the, the, the drugs. I take estradiol by injection once a week. Estradiol is synthetic estrogen. I do progesterone too. I'm not going to do that one forever. You're not really supposed to do that forever anyway. And I do spironolactone, which is a testosterone blocker. And then I also just started taking an herbal supplement to boost your estrogen as well. So we'll see how that goes. I'll just try it and get a blood test and see how it's looking. If I do the orchiectomy, then I can stop taking the uh, spironolactone, which would be nice. Yeah. So you go and you get a blood test and they're like, this is the levels of these. And in a typical woman, these are what those levels are. So you basically 
chemically are a woman. That's exactly right. Wow. Yeah. And then people get people, you know, the, the political conversation, they'll start <laughs> talking about like, yeah, but you never menstruated or blah, blah, blah. That doesn't make you a woman. It's like, you know what, sir? Like, I don't care for your opinion. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need your opinion. I don't really give a shit what you think. That's that's why the politics then becomes like, it, if I need agreement, then it's going to be very frustrating. So just don't bother. Also, you don't get a vote, honestly. It's like, the if this is making this person happier and more comfortable in their skin, right. they can fucking do whatever they want, as far as I'm concerned. For sure. And, 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 and the other person having the opinion, it just doesn't matter. It doesn't have any impact on me. Also, sir, you're more concerned about this right. than guys that are shooting up schools right. or than well, you name it. Like, yeah. get it. Come on, man. What is yeah. the deal? I'm trying really hard to like see the Republican primary debates, which are, I mean, comical because like the person who's like leading isn't in them, which is just that the whole thing is so weird. It's so weird. It's weird, dude. It's a weird moment. It's a really weird moment. He was on. I, I like watch his speeches because I I think I think we're definitely at the like we're on the back nine of the Donald <laughs> Trump political phenomenon. If you think it started in 2011, let's say yeah, with the yeah. Birthroom, yeah, and then the escalator was 2015, and then and then fucking he's commanded <laughs> our attention for 12 years. We're we're in the back nine for sure. And when that moment passes, I want to have been around for each. I want to have been like clued into it. So he's speaking to the young New York Republicans last night. Okay. And I swear to you, I swear to you, the intro, the, well, every time he comes on, they play Proud to be an American. <laughs> Waves during the whole song and just soaks it all up and they all applaud. And then when it's done, he leads with this. He's like, it's so nice. It's so great to be in New York. I love New York. We fr- we, we won New York in 2020. We, we won it by a lot. We probably won all 50 states, to be honest. And we can definitely win it in 2024. I think we can win New York, right? Can we win New York? Wow. It's like, it's like, it's like how, do you even, how do you even have a discussion? <laughs> it's like, okay, well... Well, you didn't. You didn't win all fifty states in twenty twenty. Like you can't just say that you you didn't. And you definitely didn't win New York. <laughs> you did not. You didn't win New York. <laughs> you actually you actually got crushed in New York, if you can believe it. And everybody applauds. Yeah. And meanwhile, there's like what one hundred and fifty people in the room. Do you know what I mean? It's like he's not playing Madison Square Garden. You know. Well, here's something I've been thinking about. We can we can we can get toward wrapping this up here. Yeah. yeah. One thing that is really. I've been on a bit of an Obama kick. Uh-huh. His rallies in 2007 and eight yeah. were as big, if not bigger, but let's say equivalent to Trump's rallies in 2016. Okay. At both of those rallies, those thousands of people, there's like American flags around and they're full-throated chanting USA, USA, USA. Okay. Around the ideas... Mm. of these two figures that are diametrically opposed from one another or certainly very different. So how elastic is the idea of the United States of America? Yeah. I mean, I I, I feel like my, my platform in this whole conversation has been about like taking these labels that we assumed we knew what they meant for a long time and just saying like, this might be meaningless. And I think the American flag 
and the concept of America as like the world's great experiment in democracy is something we all need to really question, you know, and probably let go of at this point. I, I actually don't. I, I, I think federal politics are only good for entertainment at this point. You know, I don't have a lot of hopefulness around them. I find them like a little bit depressing. That's why I love the hyper-local stuff. Yeah. Like I was at, I played this block party yesterday. Our state senator was there. So the senator that represents San Francisco in in Sacramento and the supervisor of that district was there. So I can just walk up to both those guys and like, hey, really love what you're doing. Scott Wiener, by the way, the senator is very pro. He's like openly gay, really big on all that stuff. And I'm like, thanks for your support on the slow streets. We really need it, you know? And there, and, and there we are talking. I can't, I have no fucking, like, what can, what am I going to do about Israel? I mean, come on. Yeah. I just, maybe if we all shrunk our ambition a little bit and took care of our local garden and our local community, we, if we all did that one at a time, we might be better off. That's the end of Voltaire, uh, of Candide. Voltaire is like he's like they're they're trying to find like the like kind of like optimal society of it, whatever. Um, they run into like the dervish, and the dervish is like gives them the only good advice to get the entire time they're out, which is he's like just grow your garden. You know, it's such a good metaphor. You know what I mean? It's just like. If you do this, if you put the effort in, then you're going to get a reward from it. And it does seem it does seem and feel kind of small, but it's also beautiful and it's like it's so like rewarding. And I don't know. I think that's like I love gardening too. You know, just like that that act of like belief that if I put this work and time in, that I'm going to get a reward from me and my people. There's so many good things about being a human. Wow, way to be optimistic. I know. I mean, it, it's a little Pollyanna-ish, and it requires me, like, ignoring a whole lot of stuff. But, like, the stuff I'm ignoring is bullshit anyway. National, federal policy are bullshit. And so that, that was the, the last point I was going to make about that, is in the Republican primary debates, the one thing they can all agree on is, like, how, like, terrible trans women are. But I'm like... This is nonsense. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I, I can't take this personal. This doesn't mean anything. They're, they're obviously not right. I know for a fact they're not right. But like, I don't even need to pay attention to this idiocy because that's all it is. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ways to go with this and I'm not going to go down many of them. But the, I think that uh, the social media phone world is really exacerbating all that. If you just get out in the world and talk to the lady at the grocery store... It's fine. Yeah. It's totally fine. Yeah. And then, and then maybe once in a while, like here and there, you'll talk to the trans lady at the grocery store or at Costco, you know what I mean? And then you'll be like, oh, she's fine too. And somewhere out there and always are there going to be these just like insane, hateful people. The difference between now and I mean, even in the 90s, like the insane, hateful people like had to hide in the woods. They, you couldn't put hateful shit on your truck and drive it around. People that just couldn't do it. It wasn't cool. <laughs> and like now it's kind of cool to be like, uh, yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I love you. I love you too. Thank you for doing this. I hope someone gets, gets something out of this conversation. Yeah, I hope so too. I don't, I don't know. You know, sometimes, sometimes you like, you know, finish t- hearing yourself talk and you're like, I don't know. Um, I know. I, like, I, I know I mean this, but like, does anyone give a shit? Well, welcome to 
where I wanted to close on, which is audiodes. Where are we here? Are we at the end of audiodes? This could be the final audiode. <laughs> Aw. Well, I mean, 67's a lot of audiodes. Yeah, I get that. Did you put a zero when you started putting the, when you started numbering them? Did you, is it, is it number 067 or is it just number 67? <laughs> what is, <laughs> is this like a, uh, a Y2K problem or something? <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think it just informs you, like, it, it, it tells me more about, like, your planning process. You know what I mean? It's like, as soon as you call something episode 001, you're like, yeah, we're in this for a long run. And like most people, <laughs> most people don't get past like episode 003 at that point still, but like at least they're kind of like, <laughs> the ambition is to like head towards a thousand. No, the, it just one. It's actually the num- the word one, audio one. Oh, interesting. That's very The beginning, middle, end of Ted. <laughs> the end of Ted was April 2021. Yeah, so then that's great because that yeah, between the two COVID episodes, between the, between the COVID nineteen episode where uh, you know I go on a rant about people buying too much toilet paper, um, yeah, because I, I hadn't said I was trans at that point because I, I think that was before June eighth, um, and then uh, the one the right after that the um, uh, the next episode like or the next COVID episode a year later I was like hey by the way I became a woman, <laughs> right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, there's the middle of Ted, <laughs> prime Ted. <laughs> so you don't know, you don't know when you became. I, I wanted to get that the ch- aware, being aware of the concept of trans, transgender. I, I can't think of when it came on my radar. I don't know when I first knew the word specifically the word transgender. I knew transsexual. I knew sex change. That was the most common vocabulary. Yes, we're kids. Sex yeah. change. But I but I but I also know that you're transgender. As soon as you say you are. The second you say I'm trans, there it is. Yeah, that's what you said. You were like, you're like, I don't have to do anything. I just, I'm transgender. Yeah. Done. That's it. You know, if you are, you are. And if you are, you know. It's like being, hey, I'm a folk musician. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, it's, that's interesting. Just say it. I'm an actor. <laughs> but when you, and when, and when you say it, you believe it. You know what I mean? It's hard to let go of Ted. It's hard to let go of audios. <laughs> <laughs> How do you let go of things? Are you good at letting go of things? I've gotten better at it. I think it's, it's. I think it's always hard. What do you do? What do you like? Just move on, and eventually it just crumbles into rust and memory, like everything eventually does. I mean, some of them. Some of them just are on hard in an ongoing way you know like letting go of Matt my ex-husband has been like very challenging you know um yeah just like you know it's it's like some things are always going to be painful to have lost so I think you just are aware of that and then you move through it and try to find other beautiful things in your life that is a place to leave it because that is true that's part of the cumulative nature of living long is you accumulate a record. Yeah. There are periods of despair. And the pain from those, you can transcend to get past, but it doesn't go away. Yeah, exactly. Because you're learning, but you don't want to be ruined, you know what I mean, or broken by anything. It's so funny, The uh, this, this gig that I played yesterday, there were these, like, younger people doing their band. It was funny to see them and think about what it is to be younger <laughs> you know it's, it's a different yeah it's a different you're in a different place in your 20s than in your 40s yeah 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 
I wish uh, I wish on those people that they can like go about that like kind of low stress business and just feel kind of chill you know as they do it you know what I mean it's like there's not a lot of pressure on me so like let me just feel that way let me feel like there's not a lot of pressure on me that's youth is wasted on the young totally exactly totally. I read this beautiful beautiful piece that was talking about how the that's what you always hear is youth is wasted on the young but also if you're in your 40s as I am as we are and you see these kids in their band and you like want to emulate being in your 20s you're also missing your 40s mm. which are a special time you know like yeah. in a different time they're a time when you're just like i don't i'm going home <laughs> <laughs> oh god do you ever have those do you ever have a night i'm sure you do do you ever have a night when you're like you know i'm gonna take a nice hot shower and then i'm gonna get into bed and I'm going to read a book, and I'm going to have, like, the most delicious night of sleep tonight. Yeah. And you're, like, so happy about that. Like, the sheets are clean, and, and the house is warm, and you're just, like... How often do the sheets have to be clean? How often do you clean your sheets these days? Uh, once a week, I'd say. Damn. Damn. <laughs> are you more than that or less? I think we're two weeks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can I mean, you can do it longer if you want to, but it, they just feel so good. You know what I mean? And, like, I even like the structure of the sheets when you just fresh put them on, you know? They're nice and crispy. You yeah, are, exactly. You are, though, probably having more nights out. You're single, so you're, you're, you're still going out and stuff. I mean, if I don't have a show, I'm... It's hard to get me out of the house after five. I love being home. Uh, John, I'm the, I'm the singlest I've ever been in my entire life right now. Like, it's, it's like... It's, a, it's its own thing, for sure, you know? Uh, and, like, at some point, I want to not be single anymore, but I am really enjoying it for now. What's your top app? <laughs> um, uh, you know, I, what's weird is so I'm, I'm on, like, the polar opposites. I'm on Grinder and I'm on Hinge, right? So, like, Grinder is, like, hookup. Hinge is marriage. And it just doesn't play out that way, you know what I mean? Like... I, I'm dating guys that I met on Grinder, and I get propositioned by guys on Hinge. You know, so it's 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 a funny it's a funny one. So I think I, I have to say my favorite is probably Grinder. I never I never used Grinder. I never used any of the apps. I I wasn't good on it. Grinder was Grinder's basically for people who want to have sex with men. So it's probably was a good choice right. for you. <laughs> right. Well, and also I again here's the identity thing like. I think the men, straight, if we're going to go with that, men yeah. are up against a numbers game on those apps, right? I mean, there's a lot of... Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, hard, it's hard for the straight men to cut through, for sure. They don't make a whole lot of effort, to be honest, but um, yeah, they don't. They're, they're, they're mostly unsuccessful with me. Well, they got stuff to do, you know? <laughs> <laughs> But, but when you like, when, when they like the first photo on my profile, like that's how they respond to me. You know, on the marriage app on Hinge, I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? You know what I mean? This is like, this is not, you know, like I, I, I no, I don't want to marry you. <laughs> you know? Well, hopefully you can enjoy your singleness because that, just like, you know, 40s ignore it. 40s enjoy the 40s, 20s enjoy the 20s. Single enjoy the single. Exactly. I mean, good lord! You can just go to go to uh, what's that? Jumbo's clown room. 
I heard that's like, I've heard that place has gotten like really cool and like really kind of like queer that like it's most of like women in the audience now, which is like that's super dope. That's how it was when I was there. Yeah, I'm sure there was a trans scene going on there. I just didn't know that's what I was looking at. Trans and also just like femme, you know what I mean? It's like whatever, like, you know, just this energy of like, look at these bad bitches, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Well, I love you. I love you too. Thanks for the time. That was fun. Transition in the audios from Ted to Amy. From one to sixty-seven, and <laughs> yeah, don't kill about definitely, definitely don't kill audios on my behalf. But like, you know, I, I, for my as a as an audience member, as like an avid, like you know, uh, paid subscriber, like please keep it going. Like we, you know, just so you know, I mean, obviously, like you know, if, if it's if it's hampering your lifestyle, then yeah, you can drop it. But if it's not, and if you enjoy doing it, like take it from me, we all enjoy it too. It's, oh, that's really sweet. Well, it's not hampering my lifestyle, but it's like creatively, uh, there's two things going on that's making me review it. One is creatively, although the last ones have been pretty good in my mind, so whatever, but also, and this is a good one, but also um, the money, man, I need to make more money on them for them to make sense. Right, yeah, yeah. And I thought, I'm not asking you for more money. What I want, is, <laughs> what I want is more people to give a little. Yeah. And um, I also hate. I wanted to say this because you understand. You've been hustling the 10.99 your whole life. Like, yeah. I hate that 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 I have to ask people for money. I've been thinking. Really, your only reliable source of income as an independent artist is your audience. That's it. You have to, because YouTube could go away, Spotify could go away, all these things could go away, and they're not, they're not monetized well anyway. But when you go, like, this girl threw me 20 bucks the other night at the show. Yeah. 20 bucks! That's awesome. That's like, what do you make at McDonald's? 20 bucks an hour now or whatever? Yeah. But that is, that's beautiful. It's really beautiful. It's really wonderful. But it's also like, God, my God, you're so dependent on people like hundreds of people. And I don't want to exhaust that. I hate that feeling of like dependency, I think. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I get it. And like, you know, and all those people, all those creators, they're all, they are asking for money, you know, and follows and subscriptions and all that stuff. And they, they, like, every single successful creator tells you to subscribe and turn on alerts on YouTube because you have to. And I'm with you. It's not that it's, that's not the most fun part of it. That's like, that's kind of a curse of Gen X, I think, you know, is that we're like, I know, say that, say that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just like, you know, we like, we think it's cool, like not, we we don't think asking for money is cool. We don't think getting paid is cool. In fact, we think it's uncool. Um, you know, and like that is very very cool until you realize you still have to pay rent. Well, the great irony about that, I always think it's like, oh well, whatever, never mind. The Kurt Cobain. <laughs> yeah. If you read into the Kurt Cobain story and like his his journals and everything, he was totally calculating about achieving success. Oh, interesting. Like, he was like, this is how we're going to do it. We need to get into these. Like, it's all very much there. He was very ambitious, and he was very serious about it. Now, selling out, however you want to term, whatever you want to call that. I wrote some songs for my friend who has, like, a contract with a company that contracts with another company, and then they make TikToks. Uh I wrote some songs. He's going to pay me for the TikTok. Is that selling out? I don't know. It took me not much time at all. Yeah. Really fun. 
And you're right, it'll pay the rent or the mortgage or the groceries or the whatever. Yeah, it's weird. It's wacky. I mean, I, I think that, like, you know, we, we draw that line. And, you, you know, I think you and I have had this conversation before, like the younger generation, of which there are many um, that are younger than us now, they literally don't know what selling out means. I know, dude, these pe- these kids yesterday at this show, like they had their like Instagram QR code Venmo, like they put it up in front of them while they play. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah, guys, way to go. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I mean, like get paid is what I'd say. <laughs> All right, that's great. I love it. <laughs> love you, bye. <laughs> love you, bye. <laughs>